We've got another episode, obviously. That's why you've clicked on this. There's an episode coming up, and it's Claire Headley, who was one of the highest up... It is one of the highest... No, was one of the highest up ex-Scientologists. So she is an ex-Scientologist who was one of the highest up people in Scientology. She left some time ago. Her and her husband, Mark Headley, so it's Claire and Mark Headley, uh, have a channel called Blown for Good. That's the expression used when you leave Scientology. You blow. You blow they have blown Scientology and they have blown for good. And obviously Mission Impossible was out just last week, so we did this as a live on YouTube. In And, you know, I don't always put these out on the audio podcast. There's a lot of extra stuff we put on YouTube. I know not everyone wants to hear the same sort of um, Scientology stuff quite so often. I try to keep it a little bit more mixed on the audio podcast. But also, it has gone completely bananas and viral online. At the time of talking, we're looking at about, about 500,000 views in just a few days and growing and rising, I should say. No, growing. <laughs> I'm in a, a very indecisive mood today as, as to the words I should use, but it's growing very quickly. Um, so, yes, do go follow them on Blown for Good. And I hope you enjoy this because we're talking all about the crimes and abuses of Tom Cruise. I know everyone's very excited about all the uh, the movie stuff and he does a lot of clever stunts and things like that. And it's all very exciting. But it is very strange that while a lot of other people have been cancelled for misdemeanours and things in Hollywood, Mr. Cruz still goes on with impunity, I suppose. So, big interesting episodes coming up. I've got um, an ex-Hasidic Jewish academic coming up to talk about all sorts of interesting things in a few days. But now, you're on the edge of the horrors of Tom Cruise with Claire Headley. Claire, tell us a little bit about Tom Cruise and Scientology. I suppose for those who've never didn't know, maybe they're just stumbling across this. We can go into a little bit of the the, the stuff that a lot of the people already know. I, I, I guess what what's Tom Cruise's Scientology background? Yes, absolutely. Well, Tom Cruise was gotten into Scientology by Mimi Rogers way back decades ago. I'm not sure the exact year, but um, and my husband Mark and I both knew and worked with Tom Cruise when we were at the headquarters of um, Scientology in California. And in fact, Mark was uh, received Scientology counseling from Tom Cruise, which he details in his book, Blown for Good, Behind the Iron Curtain of Scientology. Um, my role was more, um, it, I was involved in handlings of Tom Cruise's staff when they were not getting Tom active enough in Scientology back in the 90s um, and overseeing his counseling and so on and so forth. Marty Rathbun for many years was Tom Cruise's auditor, it's called in Scientology, counselor. Um, yeah, so obviously we all know um, Tom Cruise is actively in Scientology um, and uses his position and his um, power over the public by uh, popular opinion to generate this false sense of security in my mind that some people might be lured into thinking, well, Scientology couldn't be that bad. Tom Cruise is doing it. And I say that because that's a thought I had when I was a teenager. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. And that's something that I've always thought as well. And it's a difficult one because, again, it almost seemed redundant to ask you about Tom Cruise's role in Scientology because so many people now are regular viewers of yours, regular viewers of mine, and this is just so basic and obvious to them. But then, you know, when I talk to family members of mine and friends and things, and they'll say, oh, it's the new Mission Impossible film. And I go, well, you know, I'm not one for boycotting and all that. And if you want to see it, I think that's fine. But I don't feel comfortable seeing it because I, I think he's done some awful things. And then what would you then say? So if someone says, well, what's he really done? He hasn't done much. I suppose what you just said was that he, his face is, is just enabling uh, and, and sort of getting people to join. What sort of what what else would you say? Let's say to my family members who are saying, "Oh, he's he's all right, isn't he?" Right. So let's get more specific. Then, um, Tom Cruise had drifted away from Scientology in the '90s, late '90s, while he was married to Nicole Kidman, and when he they divorced, um, and Tom Cruise was then 
lured back in by Marty Rathbun directly in the early 2000s. At that point, Tom Cruise and the leader of Scientology, David Miscavige, came ab became absolute best friends, such to the fact that they were speaking on the phone almost every day, which is what I was told by Shelley Miscavige. And um, David Miscavige, on many instances, told the management executives of Scientology, the top people in Scientology, that he had told Tom Cruise how bad they were, how they were non-performing. And at one point, he, David Miscavige even said, Tom Cruise said that he's going to come here and put your ethics in, which in Scientology language basically means he's going to beat you to a pulp until you conform. Lovely. And but has, did, I mean, did he ever get violent? I know Karen de la Carriere, she told me that he did. But then Karen, it's difficult to know sometimes, you know, just the way she speaks. Oh, yes, yes. And I was like, well, is that definitely what happened? And she's like, oh, he would punch punching people. Yeah. What's your experience of that? So, so I've never personally seen Tom Cruise beat someone up. Um, when I was doing handlings with his personal staff, however, they recounted instances where they had witnessed Tom Cruise throw one of his staff up against a refrigerator and be verbally and physically abusive. So I did not see that personally, but I have no reason to question um, the circumstances. Like it, they, the staff members were stating this as kind of a confession of, you know, this is what we saw and we should have done something about it. So I have no reason to question that they were being honest. Wow. Wow. And that, I mean, that in itself is just a fascinating revelation. There's so much more to get into, of course, with Nazanin Bonyadi we'll get into in his the search for a wife and her cleaning things with a toothbrush and all that stuff. But just to hear, because now that's the second source, the second time or, or third maybe that I've heard that he was physically violent. Of course, the public sees this signature signing or, or what do they call him an autograph signing picture posing uh lovely smiling guy but i guess mm -hmm. the closest we got to the real tom was that uh covid time when he was filming did you see did you hear that he, there was a recording leaked yes of him screaming at everyone and he might have had a point because obviously a lot of jobs were on the line and he didn't want people standing close together but i just think a normal person who wasn't infected by a cult would say it once maybe twice and then that's it where he just went on and on was that sort of scientology like the rhythm was there something about it that he just kept going and going at these people oh completely that is absolutely in fact that is uh that whole recording was extremely reminiscent of how david miscavige talks to the executives in scientology wow. and and the way that i listened to that was not that oh, Tom Cruise is passionate about COVID and the jobs. No, this is how Tom Cruise deals with situations in life. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't about um, anything other than himself. Yeah, yeah. So it's scary, really. And we've got, they always talk about him as the last true movie star. I mean, I, I think you could you could put Tom Hanks, he's still sort of, I mean, Clint Eastwood's still going as well. But they talk, I guess, the sort of action running around movie star, Tom Cruise is the guy. And this is what he's really like. So you, did you ever meet him? I mean, you were so high up in Scientology. It seems bizarre to me if you, that you didn't meet him or that, that could you just call him up? Oh, I wouldn't call him up, but yes, I did meet him on several occasions. And in fact, there's this um, story I've told before, but <laughs> it's um, one, of the uh, one of the times that Tom Cruise was at the headquarters receiving counseling. I was tasked to be what's called his examiner, um, which is after a counseling session, you have to go and check the person to make sure that they have all the signs that it was a good counseling session and he flunked that exam, as it were, <laughs> with me. Oh, no. <laughs> did, well, you he, flunked him? Yeah. <laughs> How does he take that? Terribly. <laughs> and in fact, then um, David Miscavige told him it was all a big mistake and that I just, I had made a mistake, which I hadn't. Um, anyway, it's neither here nor there, but. <laughs> well, it is here nor there because I'm quite intrigued. Like, did, I mean, firstly, did you feel pressure to pass him? Were you thinking, hang on, this is, Tom Cruise is almost a deity in, in Scientology. Was there a pressure to pass him? 
Well, sure. But also there was a huge pressure not to pass him if he didn't pass because there were video cameras. And so the, the logistics of what I'm talking about is, you know, obviously in a counseling session in Scientology, uh, the person is holding the cans and they're connected up to the lie detector and there's a it, the needle on the dial and all that. So I'm supposed to look at him, his face. Is he happy? Is he smiling? Write down anything that he says and then look at the needle. And the needle is supposed to uh, have a manifestation called a floating needle where it's moving, moving rhythmically back and forth across the dial. The needle, Tom Cruise's needle was not doing that. Had I said it was and it wasn't, I would have been sent to the rehabilitation project force to be reprogrammed for committing a terrible crime against Tom Cruise because it's in Scientology, it's a crime to say a needle is floating when it isn't. So, yes, there was the expectation from Tom Cruise that I was going to tell him his needle was floating, but conversely, there was huge pressure on me that if it wasn't, I wasn't going to say it was. <laughs> oh my god, that's a horrible catch twenty two that you mm-hmm. you were put in there. Like, I wouldn't know what yeah. to do. You you get in trouble either way. The, <laughs> when you're sitting there, right? I, and I know a lot of whenever I say stuff like this, my commenters all start disagreeing, and I understand this, but. He is a handsome man, right? And I know everyone goes, oh, he's an ugly... Okay, but that's because we don't like him because he's the head of a cult and we're, you know... But even if he's not, you know, he's a Hollywood star. Were you... Are you at all sort of... And at that point as well, you're not hating him, right? He's... he's t- you believed in science. Yeah, no. You must have... Was no, this very exciting? I, well, I mean, sure. He's like one of the most powerful people in Scientology. He's David Miscavige's yeah. best friend. You know, whatever. I was not... Um, there was no kind of enamor on my part by any stretch of the imagination. It was, you know, he was not a member of the C organization. He wasn't an actual executive, but pressure for sure. Um, He's a very powerful person, probably second or first most powerful person in Scientology, depending on your perspective. Mm, I'm just, so what do you say when he walks in? Do you talk, oh, hello, Mr. Cruz. Were you, and were you, I just would be so nervous in that instance if I were you. Yeah, so so it's very um, a- any um, steps in Scientology are incredibly muzzled. Um, <clears throat> so there was no chit chat. You know, it was just walk in, sit down. But um, but there were many instances where David Miscavige would take Tom Cruise around the headquarters, like touring, showing him the facilities, and the staff were all required to call him Sir or Mr. Cruise. Mm. Yeah. Mm, Mr. Cruz. Okay. How, not that it's that relevant, but how short is he? <laughs> uh, he's shorter than me. Um, I'm not sure. And he's taller than David Miscavige. Okay. So, what are you? What's your height? 5'7". Okay. Gosh, he really is short. I wonder if there is a bit of the, both of those little, I, again, I don't want to offend anyone who's short or whatever, but just I obviously know. there's some sort of, <laughs> did that Napoleon complex. Although when you look that up, apparently Napoleon wasn't actually short by the standards of the day. He's short by today's standards, where boys Cruz and, and, and are, are contemporary short people. Is that, was that the closest you, you got to him? Uh, yes. And then, and, and then I had peripheral involvement. For example, I had to select the person from Religious Technology Center where I worked, who was going to interrogate all of Tom Cruise's staff um, to see if they were talking to the media or leaking information, all of this kind of stuff. I mean, his, his personal staff were all Scientologists, probably still are, and were receiving regular interrogations to see what they were up to. Oh, man. And that's where I've heard some of the horror stories, like you were just saying before, of course. Um, I've also heard they, you know, they were made to do things like make a path of flowers for him and Nicole to wake up and walk down, and it was the wrong flowers, so they had to be up all night to do it. And then it's just, you know, to what extent is Tom Cruise aware that people are working like slaves around the clock, not sleeping and all these? To what extent is he aware of the abuses that go on within Scientology, do you think? Well, as I mentioned, I know that David Miscavige told Tom Cruise he was abusing staff. Um, So I have no reason to believe he doesn't know. Um, And there are many instances um, where actually members of the C organization were providing free 
labor um, to Tom Cruise. Like there were was extensive renovations done at his hangar, the sound system put in at his house. I mean, um, John Brousseau, um, I think back in 2010 when he left, had extensive photos of all the free labor that was provided to Tom Cruise, courtesy of the Sea Organization, whose members are paid $46 a week. So you just have to go, any person in their right mind would would be aware of work being done for them and that they're not paying for it, right? Yeah. How does he square that? If, if he's a true believer, let's suggest, let's, let's say he's not a psychopath and he's a, just mm -hmm. a true believer. How is he squaring that with himself? Right. Great question. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think he is. I'm just saying you you can't. Uh, the the logic process does not allow that to happen. So, you know, either he thinks he's God in Scientology or and therefore he deserves it or he just doesn't think about it. But, you know, when well, if he knows, Tom Cruise knows that members of the C organization have signed a billion year contract and their entire purpose is to, quote, clear the planet, unquote. So if those same members of the C organization are at his facilities 24 seven doing renovations for him, how, <laughs> how does one reconcile that? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love the idea because I, I can sort of get how he can be a true believer because even a lot of the viewers now are true believers or have been true believers in certain religions and things. That's why they follow this channel. It's why they follow your channel and you were as well. And it can happen to all sorts of people. So I do get it. And, and I can even see how you might square it with yourself like okay well david miscarriage walks around punching people well i understand that because he has to keep discipline we're clearing the planet but i don't know how we can you know but they have to install my sound system at my house and come and do with it that he's got enough money that it, it doesn't why doesn't he just get you can pay anyone to come and do it why should it be scientology taken away as you say from their one mission statement to go yep. and make his sound system what's going on yeah, exactly. I know there's no there's no answer to that. And and you know, and, and again, Tom Cruise in in the face of Scientology also became famous for the video uh, you know, famously him in the black turtleneck um that was made for him when he was given the IRS uh IRS IAS Medal of you know, Freedom Medal of Valor, um the biggest one that had ever been given. Um, <laughs> that video is a study in insanity. Let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. And Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Varvalukas. On What Could Go Right, the hosts sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues without resorting to pessimism or despair that we hear so often. Instead, they look back at how far society has come and look forward at what it will take to achieve an even brighter future. Is progress on the way? They may not have all the answers, but on What Could Go Right, they're asking the key questions. Tune in to hear interviews with upcoming guests like writer Coleman Hughes, CNN host Fareed Zakaria, and economist Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts. A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private. What's changed? The internet. Think about everything you've browsed, searched for, watched or tweeted. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. Having your private life exposed for others to see was once something only celebrities worried about. But in an era where everyone is online, everyone is a public figure. To keep my data private when I go online, I turn to ExpressVPN. Did you know there are hundreds of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data? The worst part is they don't have to tell you who they're selling it to or get your consent. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and my IP address is masked. Every time I turn ExpressVPN on, I'm given a random 
IP address shared by other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is how easy ExpressVPN is to use. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash heretics and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash heretics. Go to expressvpn.com slash heretics to learn more. I think you were saying to me as well that he is, I mean, he was at um, operating Thetan 7 at least a couple of decades ago. So we're right. going to presume he's at, at 8 now, which is the highest, isn't it? Yes, that is the highest. Mm. And he's so he's very heavily involved up at the top. And and you also told me last time that Medal of Valor, I think you told me this, was specifically made just for him. So he's like, this is what I mean when I say he's basically deity status there, isn't he? Right, exactly. I mean, deity given factor in Scientology doesn't believe in God per se, but yes, the equivalent of that for sure. And yeah, and that's why I say Tom Cruise is either the first most powerful person in Scientology or the second, just depends on your perspective. In terms of money provided to them, he's definitely number one. Yeah, I think, are we talking millions? Oh yeah, absolutely. Probably billions by now. And that then raises all sorts of interesting questions. And I'm, I'm going to talk more of Aaron about that later. But obviously, the the strange thing that Aaron and I uncovered was was a while ago was that uh, Christopher Macquarie, who's the, his his long term writing partner, appears to be registered as living in Tom Cruise's daughter's flat in a Scientology. Uh, building in Clearwater, and no one quite knows why. But over mm -hmm. the years, they've taken away. There used to be a whole list of producers working on Mission Impossible that you can find on Wikipedia. And over the years, that's gone down every year. And now it's just Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie. Just in, and the budget has gone up like tenfold. And it's just like, where's the money going? Who's in, you're leaving these two basically Scientologists, unless, you know, I have to say alleged uh, Scientologist with Christopher McQuarrie. I don't know if maybe he's not, and there's some explanation I don't know about. The, <laughs> that would the, be curious. The, Clearwater, yeah. Florida is a very small town. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what, unless it's something to do with voting. or I mean, it's something that's not on the up and up, isn't it? I mean, it, right. whether he lives there, if he doesn't live there, why is his name registered to vote in that house? Yeah, in the in in, the, in now my forty eight years of experience dealing with Scientology, there's no such thing as coincidences when it comes to Scientology. That's that's the bottom line. But I, I mean, even in two thousand four, David Miscavige announced to all the Scientology executives that Tom Cruise had reconfigured his compensation package so that he would get a large, uh, he would just get a percentage on the back end rather than being paid for his role as an actor. And David Miscavige in his own words said, Tom Cruise is putting that to Scientology's war chest, quote unquote. Um, so I have no reason to doubt that Tom Cruise has been funding Scientology almost exclusively, at least since that time, percentage-wise. This is why it's so weird. This is what people are not getting. They, I think a lot of people think it's just like, oh, he's one of the famous people there, like John Travolta and the late uh, Lisa Marie Presley and uh, Kirstie Alley. Uh, you know, just another face, whatever. He's like propping the whole thing up. If Tom Cruise wasn't there, in your mind, is Scientology still, would it still be there right now? Um, if Tom Cruise left Scientology, yes, Scientology would still be there. Um, I mean, they've amassed billions of dollars. So how much would, how much are they going to spend to protect those billions of dollars? But the fact of the matter is, is that they are, um, dwindling. Their membership is dwindling. People are becoming more and more aware of the abuses this organization perpetrates. So public awareness has um, increased dramatically over the last two decades. And yet, um, you know, so yes, Tom Cruise is propping it up for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah. And yet he remains. And you'd think he would have the most access to the most information. Can you ever yeah. see a time where he leaves? I'm not sure. I mean, he has everything to gain if he were to leave. 
Um, the problem is that it becomes increasingly difficult for someone, especially someone who has personal knowledge of abuses, there's a cognitive dissonance that sets in and you have to be a strong person, but he has a, a, a relationship with his daughter to gain, for example. Um, you know, so that's never right. say never. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do we know that he doesn't see Suri Cruz? I don't know that for a fact. I've seen that reported. I certainly haven't seen any pictures of him with her in what, like 15 years, maybe. Well, mm. let's see. She's seven. Suri is 17. She was born two months wow. after our oldest son. So she's 17. That's ridiculous that she's 17. Just thinking about how time goes, man. Right. Scary. <laughs> So scary, but yeah. it, it's, it's probably gone very quickly with Tom Cruise because he hasn't even seen her in that time. From, from I've seen that report as well; they've just not seen each other. We don't know for sure that that's the case, but I, I imagine he has a bit of a smoother relationship with, for example, his daughter Bella, who is a Scientologist and lives in Scientology, or at least was living in Scientology headquarters in London or something like that. I, I think. Do you know much about that? Yeah, I don't, but I I know, um, like during the. 2004 period I was talking about where Tom Cruise was getting handlings at the headquarters in Scientology. Um, Bella was pretty young then and was already getting counseling at Celebrity Center from actually uh, Jessica Feshbeck at the time. Jessica Feshbeck, who then was married to Tommy Davis, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. He's, he's still in Scientology, is he? Yeah. As far as I know, yes. He is somebody that he needs to come to the table and speak his truth, but I doubt that's ever going to happen because I believe him to be a coward. Yeah, well, he was a. I mean, I I, I never forgot that guy just from watching the. Um, oh, I slipped my mind now. I've interviewed it. Sweet John Sweeney, the journalist, watching that documentary. And if anyone's not seen that, just that clip that went viral, it just showed how Scientology can get into your head. Because I've investigated all sorts of, you know, strange culty people. I've gone and met them and investigated and stayed with them for, you know, for a while. And they've upset me and they've got in my head and they've done whatever, but never anywhere near to that extent because you know you're a journalist. You're like, well, I'm the journalist and it's actually good if they're being crazy because it makes the documentary better. So usually you're thinking that. So that was to see John Sweeney lose his rag in such a manner and he was screaming, you were not there at the beginning. And it was it was Tommy Davis uh, more than anyway. I just, oh, I'll never forget just nudging and nudging and nudging him like yep. a lapdog or something just just crazy i mean john sweeney's also an alcoholic and i think they probably sort of they, they knew that obviously about him and really really pushed his buttons didn't they yeah but but tommy davis absolutely leveraged coercive mental manipulation to try and break john sweeney systematically he did that that was 100 percent the end result he was going for no doubt about it and let's not forget too tommy davis is probably one of the um, people single-handedly responsible for a mass exodus of Scientologists when he went on national television and announced to the whole world, quote, there is no such thing as disconnection, unquote. Well, every single Scientologist knows that is a bald-faced lie. And that, that resulted in many people leaving Scientology. Wow, because they realized it was all nonsense then. And well, he got in, did he get in trouble? I think it was in Mike Rinder's book. He got in a bit of trouble for that, Tommy Davis. Yeah, he did. He escaped to Las Vegas, I think. I can't remember the details, but yep, he was um he was a piece of work. Yeah, yeah, it seems so. Do you think there was that Louis Theroux documentary a few years later? And uh, for those who don't know, he's a British journalist. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his, but he couldn't get near. Scientology. They wouldn't let him near. Do you think they just sort of, whereas they saw there was a weakness in John Sweeney, they knew if maybe they knew of Louis that like, we're not going to be able to break him in the same way, or is it about maybe it's they changed their policy as the years went by? <laughs> My answer to that is none of those. Um, mm. Anyone who was in Scientology who had who had the capacity to speak to the media in such a way that Scientology would accept has escaped. <laughs> So they have nobody left, which is interesting when you wow. factor in that they're a billion dollar cult and yet they have no one doing their public relations. It's it's insane. Wow. 
It's just that's just stopped then, has it? So that's why, because unfortunately, I mean, his work's amazing, Louis Through, but that documentary, in my opinion, just well, it didn't quite live up to my expectations. And the other one had come out the same year, going clear, which which wasn't so much a presenter led, you know, with the with the journalist on screen, which was, you know, they're both good documentaries, but yeah, he just didn't get that access to. They had to do they had to do re- recreations and actors and stuff like that to make it work uh, yeah and that was a shame so you think that was down to just they just don't have someone want to talk to him no they don't I, and even even in the example of tommy davis tommy davis's presentation of scientology to media backfired on them so many times so many times and um and other other people that they've presented over the years i mean even the interview ted koppel did with david miscavige is a complete disaster for scientology so yeah they don't have anybody that they can wheel out i mean monique yingling i think is the last person that has been publicly spoken about scientology and the irony there is she's not even a scientologist Oh, so. <laughs> man, it's so bizarre it's a shame in a sense because I, I would have liked that documentary to have more access and also like i've got a a meeting with bbc producers this week and they want me to bring a story i don't know what about yet and i thought i wonder if there's anything in scientology but there's not really much i can go in and do is there i'm not sure i mean there there's endless things about scientology to talk about <laughs> yeah but <laughs> really i wouldn't depends. be able to get hold of them Oh, yeah. No, 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 definitely not. No, there's nobody. Corinne Powell is a name that people have heard because she signs letters, but those letters are generally dictated by David Miscavige and Corinne Powell will never appear in front of a camera. I'd love to get an interview with him. Yeah. I mean, I'd love for them to bring somebody out, you know, go right ahead. Mm. Let's see who you got. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that would be great. Imagine that. Like me and you could go. We'll just go storming in there. We'll make a great TV show where we go and chat to David Miscavige and, and, and Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise, right, going back to that time you were with him, it was this sort of auditing-y thing where he had to pass a thing. Uh, what did you get from his personality in that time? How long were you in a room with him? Oh, not, not more than a few minutes. Um, but I knew that he's a very, um, I don't know, I think he's egotistical. I, um narcissist probably you know i haven't spent any great length of time with him but just from the interactions with his personal staff and having them recount stories of him being verbally and physically abusive you know you just go well that's not a nice person yeah yeah it seems to be the case and obviously your husband mark i mean he's told me the story before but again there'll be people who aren't here uh so he was doing which way round was it was tom giving the sessions to Mark? Yes. So Tom Cruise was delivering Scientology counseling to Mark. Mark. So Mark was the person on the receiving end holding the, the cans on the, on the lie detector. And Tom Cruise was asking different questions and so on and so forth doing his... Tom Cruise was actually doing his training at the time to become a Scientology auditor, Scientology counselor. And um, so Mark was his you know, test subject. <laughs> How long did he have to do that for? Um, I think a few weeks at least, probably maybe even a couple of months. It's, you know, there's for that section of training, there's four different levels. And I think Tom Cruise um, did each four of those, uh, like there's a whole series of um, steps to be taken on a person, for example. So, Yeah. Just crazy. And at, that po- at that point, again, I just, are you and Mark, I mean, if you're together at that point, are you, is he coming back and gossiping with you about it? The excitement of like, oh, it's Tom Cruise or, or something? <laughs> that was before I even arrived at this, at the headquarters. Okay. Yeah. So he wasn't gossiping about it, but he never, I don't think he even ever told me until after we left that Tom Cruise had audited him, if I remember correctly. It's definitely the, uh, the, communication in Scientology about what you're doing. Like there's many things Mark and I have talked about since leaving. And he's like, what? I'm like, yes. Yeah. You do. We just never talked. And part of that was because we were on completely different schedules, but a huge part of that too was honestly, the culture in Scientology makes it such that the less you speak 
the better. Because if mm. you say something, even to your spouse, that is considered negative or should be reported upon, like the snitch culture in Scientology is like none other on, on this planet. <laughs> and that is scary, isn't it? That is really yeah. scary. But th this is... I remember Mark told me because I thought I thought he'd be excited as well, and not just because it's Tom Cruise the movie star. Because I'm not even that excited. I don't really like his films. I liked the the lawyer one with a few good men with Jack Nicholson, but I didn't like yeah. his character in it. I very rarely have enjoyed any of you know people talk about that Magnolia film where he basically played himself because he he was just a cult leader in in that film. But yeah. again, I don't think I enjoyed that. I don't think I found that an enjoyable film or any of his films. So I'm not from that perspective. I, I suppose it's not that exciting. But just because because he's he's as high up. If if you're a true believer, he's as high up as it as it can get. I, I suppose I'd find that exciting. But Mark said he fell asleep while being audited by Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that's that's not for lack of um, Tom Cruise's presence. That's from lack of sleep in general. When you're a <sighs> member of the Sea Organization, like you sit still, chances are you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, he it's said Tom like Cruise wasn't happy about it though. Yeah, of course he wasn't. So <laughs> it means he wasn't doing a good job. And or anyway, yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons for that. But yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned Magnolia. I'll be honest, that was that came out during my media blackout years. We didn't have open access to watch TV or go to the movies or anything. So I've never seen that movie. I'll have to check it out. Oh yeah, you got to <laughs> give that a go. That it's quite even when it, when it came out, it's quite an art house movie. Uh, hmm. I think it was Paul Thomas Anderson who then did The Master, which is funny because right. it's obviously very critical of Scientology. So I don't think he got his old mate Tom Cruise to sign off on that one. No. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix obviously did it and Philip Seymour Hoffman. But uh, Magnolia is is a film, I guess, a difficult film. It's like completely bonkers and weird and, and again, not exactly an enjoyable romp, but it's... Uh, it's something, and and yeah, I think I think you and Mark might like just watching the Tom Cruise scenes because, yeah, he is like an and it may be an exaggerated version of himself. He's like a big like guru in it, and he says very weird, strange things. Yeah, he it. probably had no problem assuming that role, being best friends yeah. with David Miscavige. You know, he's seen it <laughs> up close and personal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure he even knew they were filming him. He was just going about his day for that Tom Cruise, just acting how he acts, and they had a camera on. I don't know. No, he probably was mm. acting in it. I don't know. But so, so is there a possibility that, that you know Tom is just a lunatic? And because I'm thinking back to let you know, now we're getting to like you know, we, you talked about 2004, 2005. He's jumping on Oprah's couch and he looks like a lunatic. Is he maybe a lunatic? Yeah, I mean, judge someone by their actions, right? <laughs> mm. He supports uh, an abusive cult, gives them billions of dollars, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I think kind of kind of sums it mentally, up. Mentally unhinged. Um, right. Maybe maybe you could take us through that because that's the next very strange Tom Cruise chapter. In, in Scientology was when they went about finding a girlfriend. And, and again, a lot of people know this story. Some people like to hear it again, I think, and some won't know this. So take us through that. Sure. So um, in late 2004, well, for, so backing up, obviously, Tom was married to Mimi Rogers, who was a Scientologist. Then whirlwind divorce, whirlwind relationship with Nicole Kidman, who then was in Scientology, gotten into Scientology. Um, then Nicole Kidman left Scientology, and thereafter there was um, a few different um, partners that Tom Cruise had. Penelope Cruz, for example. Penelope Cruz, they tried to get into Scientology, but um, to my understanding, she um, practiced Buddhism. And even though Scientology will state, oh, we accept people of all religions, um, you know, that's just to lure people in the door and mm -hmm. not give them the impression they'll have to denounce their beliefs, which would be a much fairer statement because you cannot have other beliefs or practices in Scientology. In fact, it's considered a crime to do so. So, you know, there again, you have the, the conflict <laughs> that yeah. comes up many times. Because there's that interview, isn't there? I think it was the one with Peter Overton, the Australian uh, journalist, uh, when Tom's going, you can be a Christian and a Scientologist. You, you can be Jewish and Scientologist. And it's just utterly not true, is it? Yeah, completely. Bald-faced lies again. 
Um, and he knows that. Tom Cruise knows that. I mean, the reason his relationship failed with Penelope, a huge element of that anyway, right. was that she wouldn't denounce Buddhism. So, you know, again, that's a great example of him stating something he absolutely knows to be completely false. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so there had been, um, you know, some relationship challenges primarily driven because of Scientology and because Tom Cruise was a Scientologist and a very, uh, fanatical one at that. Um, and so in mid to late 2004, um, Shelly Miscavige told me personally that she was now having to do a special project to find a partner for Tom Cruise. And in the conversation that we had about this, she said that David Miscavige was talking to Tom Cruise every day and having to work him through these relationship issues. And this was, and this was an important project because it was going to get Tom back on his focus of spreading Scientology to the millions on on planet earth. Um, and so the project involved Greg Wilhair at the time, who was, you know, another one of David Miscavige's top lieutenants, as it were. Um, I had to arrange to get all these fancy suits for Greg so he could fly to New York and to Los Angeles and so on and so forth, where they then were doing auditions for a movie. Um, but the actual truth is they were trying to find a partner for Tom Cruise who would be become a, as fanatical of a Scientologist as Tom Cruise is. When did you find out that's what, that's what it really was? Well, I mean, I found out when Shelley told me that that's what they were doing. Um, hmm. I just didn't know that they were uh, recording all these. Mark saw the videotapes and he was telling me about all these audition tapes. And I was like, yeah, that's not an audition. They're trying to find a wife for Tom Cruise. And, you know, it was like com you compare notes and you go like, what? <laughs> so is this just like loads of tapes of women just because I, I believe they were asked about really private, you know, sexual things. Mm. I didn't see the tapes myself. Mark did. Um, but I absolutely knew because Shelley Miscavige told me that they were doing this project. And like I said, I my my role was somewhat peripheral in terms of the logistics of it. Um, but I absolutely knew that that's what they were doing. Um, and of course, then in January 2005, when I escaped, this project was still ongoing and eventually resulted in the marriage of Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. Mm. And there was an intermediate step which landed at the feet of an actress called Nazanin Bonyadi. Yes. Tell us a bit about about that, because again, I, I had never heard of, and I, I don't mean that as a slight on her. There's plenty of very uh, established and brilliant actors and actresses that I've not heard of who don't want the limelight or anything like that. But who was she? Nazanin is um, someone that, to my knowledge, I mean, I know I know her. I wasn't there during these events, so I'm go going to be paraphrasing my memory of it, but. Um, she was a Scientologist from a very young age, if not born into Scientology. She has since left Scientology and she's an incredible person, beautiful, talented actress. Um, her activism work is incredible. Um, but either way, during, so during this time, she was essentially selected to be one of these trial run uh, partners for Tom Cruise, as it were. She was forced to split up with her boyfriend at the time, is my understanding. And then she was um, sent to join Tom Cruise in, in I believe, Telluride. Um, she was having some issues um, and some physical problems. And she was then, <clears throat> this was into the, the course of the relationship. And uh, she was then sent away in disgrace, um, made to go through some pretty severe handlings at the hands of Scientology for not performing as Tom Cruise wanted. Mm, she, he apparently, she said very well done to him after he won the, the Medal of Valor. And that's not supposed to be said to your superiors, is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know why that would be a bad thing to say. <laughs> well, I suppose I mean, well done is, 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 
Even That's the thing Scientologists say. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of that being a negative thing. It was probably, if anything, the fact she had the audacity to address him. While she's his girlfriend. They were yeah. like, from what I've understood, they sort of fell in love with one another for the first month or so, a bit of a whirlwind romance. And then she said, right. very well done. I mean... If you take the very out, well done is a phrase even outside of Scientology. I say well done to people, uh, but it can often have sarcastic connotations. And it, yeah, you know, but, so- but the, <laughs> the irony is that it actually in Scientology, um, this is going to get deep in the weeds real quick. So I'll try and keep it super simple. Go, go on. We when can handle some of it. <laughs> okay. When you're an auditor, a counselor in Scientology, every single um, so every single auditing session you deliver. So let's say I'm the auditor. I'm going to give you an auditing session. I'm going to write down notes of everything you say, everything that I say, what your reaction is, what the lie detector is doing, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's the worksheets of an auditing session. So that then gets turned in afterwards to the case supervisor. The case supervisor is going to grade, give me a grade of that session the best grade I could get is very well done. So it's not a negative thing in Scientology. <laughs> Maybe she said it like <laughs> while like smashing a plate. She was like, very well done with an eyebrow raised and like right. the stupid award that they made up for you. Of course you won that award because they made it for you. Well done, Maybe mate. Maybe she blinked as she was saying it, <laughs> which was considered bad communication for a Scientologist to blink. <laughs> <laughs> well, that gets on. That gets us onto the second purported reason that Tom Cruise. I mean, I was going to say they broke up, but they didn't break up, from my understanding. It's Tom Cruise just left, and then other people had to, other Scientologists had to explain to her that they were no longer an item, which is a horrible right. thing to do to somebody. And Completely that speaks to that whole disconnection thing, really, doesn't it? Suddenly, you fall in love with someone for a month. It's a whirlwind romance with not just the most famous, one of the most famous actors on the planet, but the most famous person in your religion or your sect or your cult or whatever it is. And suddenly he's gone, no explanation, never get to see him again. And apparently this was to do with um, uh, not understanding David Miscavige's, David Miscavige's speech very well. And what does that say, by the way, of the, the communication skills of a Scientologist that Tom Cruise would not even just have a face-to-face conversation about yeah. his, with his partner? I mean, come on now. Not, and again, not to state the obvious, obviously, I'm no longer a Scientologist, but, you know, they allege and claim to have the key to magical communication and effective communication. And, um, you know, anyway. Yeah, well, Nazanin Bonyadi is, is, a, is a prime example, as is Suri Cruz, another example as to, you know, Tom Cruise's very poor communication um, abilities. Right. And that's why it was such a problem that she couldn't, Nazanin couldn't understand David Miscavige, who's Tom Cruise's best friend and the leader of Scientology at that time, because it's suggesting the very leader of this cult is actually poor at communication because she can't understand him. I mean, he, you know, he had a, he obviously has an accent. She, I think she was British, wasn't Nazanin? Yes. She is British. So I think, she, I think she's Iranian, but she grew up in England. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so she has a British accent. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah. And yeah, and David Miscavige uh, speaks very fast, very emphatically. And his writer, Dan Sherman, who's since passed away, used incredibly flowery language, you know, not to. Um, anyway, <laughs> we always I joke about it. It's like, we're on the watershed, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Uh, well, that that's yeah. true, and that I mean that is obviously he he must have miscarriage. You know, picked up a lot from other cults and things, as L. Ron Hubbard did. And you pick up this sort of neurolinguistic programming. But I, you know, you don't trust people who use flowery language. I, you know, no. say things as they are. Economy of language. That's how I feel. So yeah, that, that omit, should be good, good omit communication. Needless words. Yes, exactly. Yeah, know, that so, that's that's effective, and and just the ability to have some hard conversations sometimes. You know, come on now, like the the people that take to the internet as the warriors. You know, I'm like, hey, you know, if you have a problem with someone, look them in the eye and tell them. That's the fair and honest thing to do. They don't have to agree with you, but at least do the the decent honest thing <laughs> yeah 
I think so. Well, you know, I, I, I like you. I, I get, I imagine, I get a lot of angry people, but there are far more nice people as well. So we, we, yeah. we should just remember those people. I think absolutely. Um, and then, so Nazanin was then made to. So this wasn't a direct order, as far as I know, from Tom Cruise, but she was then made to scrub the bathroom with a toothbrush, right? Yes, and that 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 is something I've heard David Miscavige order personally many times. So I wouldn't, though I wasn't there and can't pr say that I heard David Miscavige order that. Wouldn't surprise me one bit based on my experiences. Mm. And this was partly, I think, because she sort of uh, confided in a friend about what had happened. I think. And then, yeah, bath. And then I think there were other punishments, like having to run around and do some sort of humiliating exercises and things, right? Yeah, probably. Um, another punishment David Miscavige was famous for was making people run endless laps around buildings or a pole. In one case, um, all hours of the day and night to as a as a way to atone for your sins, so to speak. Oh, man, it's absolutely bonkers. Should we go to some questions? Are you okay to answer some questions? Sure, absolutely. Let's see what we've got. People put in some questions if you want. I, I'm not going to be able to get to that many of them, unfortunately. But if you put question in capital letters or something, I'll see them easier. You can but do a super chat, though. Those go straight to the straight to this thing. Like, like lovely April in Amsterdam. Thank you so much for your generosity. And April says, hi from Holland. Lovely Holland. The only thing I watch more than SPTV, that's Suppressive Person TV, which you guys are all part of and people should all check out, is The Simpsons. Sad to learn Nancy Cartwright is in Church of Scientology. Do you know her reaction to the Church of Scientology episode? I didn't even know there was a Simpsons one. At South Me Park, neither. I know of them. No. Have you seen it? Love Mark's South Park story. Yeah. I have not seen the Simpson episode. I'll have to check that out. I'm sure Nancy just opted to block it out, similar to what Isaac Hayes did with the Scientology episode before he passed. May he rest in peace. Um, but but I remember when the South Park episode came out, it was kind of funny. Um, it came out, and obviously, I and to be honest, I was afraid to watch it when it came out. Mark watched it, and I was like, Ooh, I was still very fresh out and recovering. Um, but it wasn't until six months later that it became this big stink from Scientology about the South Park episode. So there were all these jokes at the time like, oh, oops, Office of Special Affairs got really behind on keeping up with the media. Like, why is this? Why? Everyone was like so confused. Why is this becoming a problem six months after the fact? That's funny. They were behind it. And then they got really into it, weren't they? They were going through Trey and Matt, the writers of South Park, their uh, cars and their, their bins, their litter, whatever, all that stuff to try and sort of spook them out and freak them out. Yep. Oh, man, that whole affair was crazy. I had a great chat with Mark um, about that. Margie M, thank you for this fascinating episode. Thank you, says Margie M. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you to say and, and very generous. Barbara Mangano, thank you as well for your generosity and says, I see you guys more than my husband. Oh, well, that's quite nice, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, <laughs> can't argue with that right i will i'm just going to scroll for a little bit um sean w do you think scientology will be irradiated or i guess that means just eradicated, eradicated of course yes eradicated. <laughs> <next> 10 years <laughs> we'll see we'll see we you know i'll just say that when mark and i first escaped scientology they were um way more powerful in that nobody had the courage to speak out. They were famous for their intimidation and harassment tactics. And while they do still do that, the you know, it's strength in numbers and every single voice counts, every single story has an impact. And um, and the the media are less and less afraid to even mention the word Scientology. So I think public awareness has has had tremendous impact in relation to um, knowledge of Scientology and their status in today's world. Mm. Uh, Margie M asks, why doesn't Nicole Kidman get to see her children? We mentioned Bella, of course, who's still in Scientology. Did the church force them to divorce? It's a double question there. Yes. So, um, yes, Scientology was absolutely involved in the divorce. 
um, and managing all those logistics. Marty Rathbun, who at the time was David Miscavige's deputy, was handling that personally. Um, it was mainly orchestrated by Scientology because Nicole had drifted away from Scientology, to my knowledge, and did not want anything further to do with Scientology. And so Scientology viewed that by eliminating Nicole from Tom's life, they could get him back in, which is exactly what happened. So there you go on that. Um, Nicole, Nicole's children were then specifically and systematically isolated from her because she was considered to be a suppressive person. They, the children were already in Scientology at that point. So yes, Scientology destroyed Nicole's relationship with her That's children. Crazy. Uh, oh, one I've just I've just spotted is Trish. It's not a question as such, but if Tom saw David Miscavige beating someone, I imagine there's sort of a dot dot dot. I mean, I think from what you've said, he'd just sort of stand there, wouldn't he? Right. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think he would be supportive of David Miscavige and consider that David Miscavige had the right to do that and was doing the right thing to put ethics in is the terms used in Scientology. Uh, I mean, there are thousands of Hubbard policies where you, it says you should give someone a black eye, you know, take them in a dark alley. Uh, I mean, on and on there's um, there's direct and specific policy from Hubbard um, that authorizes taking drastic and physically abusive measures to get somebody to conform. And that is what they do. And David Miscavige is continuing that legacy. JM asks, is Claire worried about indie Scientologists still auditing specifically children? This refers to, I mean, what's something I didn't realize about, but it, but it happens in all religions and cults and things is that you can leave the actual structure of Scientology and still be a practicing Scientologist, which which I suppose is a lot of the uh, auditing and, and the beliefs and things like that. And there were, I think, uh, there was a bit of a furore recently, and I, I don't think I mind saying it, it was around Karen de la Carriere, who I've interviewed on, on here, and the suggestion that she was still doing these things afterwards what you don't have to i mean you, if you want to you can you don't have to reference her in particular but what what's your thought on that yeah so i know that there are people involved in independent scientology i never have been i never will be um i think people take different paths in getting out of a high control group um personally i'm not a fan of that i will always stand by that I think it should be illegal to involve children in cults, and that would include Scientology and independent Scientology. I don't think any child should be exposed to that, period, end of story. That's, that's my answer to that question. And as a mom of three over my dead body, will, would my children ever be involved in any kind of, you know, <laughs> uh, trial, you know, oh, let's do this, let's do this. I've told my children when they're adults, I want them to make their own decisions about what they will believe, and that will always be my position. Pat Shaw asks, why does Nicole Kidman not speak out against Church of Scientology? Yep, I think only Nicole Kidman can answer that. It's got to be an NDA, doesn't it? Some sort of contract, make her life, yeah, of yeah, course. Her life easier as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's something like that, you know. And of course, <clears throat> who knows? I mean, with her children, maybe she has hope someday she'll reconnect. And if she were to speak out, that would drive a further rift. I mean, it gets really complicated. Scientology systematically leverages and controls their members. Like when I left, you know, I lost my mom, my siblings, my aunts, my uncles, you know, not all, I'm, I was able to reunite with many who were never in Scientology, which has been wonderful. But when you're, when you consider that your decisions on whether to remain in said cult or exit has huge ramifications, it's not an easy decision under any circumstances. No, absolutely not. She won't want to make it more difficult and and just get, you know, fair games and all these things. Uh, Fat Cats Heaven, thank you for the super chat, says uh, many CMO slash RTC, you'll have to tell us what that means, are under age. Has David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, ever hit a minor? 
Yes. So CMORTC is really just referring to top executives within Scientology without getting complicated. But yes, there were many minors in those organizations. And yes, I have seen David Miscavige be physically abusive to a minor. Thank you, Claire Headley, for coming on the podcast. Make sure to go follow her on Blown for Good on YouTube, where you can see her and her husband, Mark Headley, who I've spoken to before, has some fascinating stories. They were both in Scientology, talking about being blown from Scientology for good. Um, I've got a big episode coming up, as I say, in a few days with a former Hasidic Jewish person. That's really interesting. I always love those ones. I find that one of the most interesting sects or what would you call it? An extreme community in the world. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.